Hello and welcome to this off-season preview episode of Happy Hour Hoops. So we are about to hear about an hour of Dunny and I going through all the biggest trades and draft trades that we think are going to happen coming up in the off-season. One thing that we didn't get to because the NBA moves at lightning speed, but a couple hours after we recorded, uh, we had talked about where we thought Drew Holiday was going to get moved to. And then last night, Sham's bomb at about midnight, uh, Drew Holiday got moved to the Milwaukee Bucks for Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, and three first-round picks and two pick swaps. A huge, huge deal and a huge uh, return for Drew Holiday. And uh, it's all in hopes for Giannis signing that Supermax and, and staying in Milwaukee come uh, December 21st when the deadline is up for him to sign. Uh, we had a Drew Holiday segment in this pod i took it out because it's kind of a moot point about talk about where he's going to end up going Uh, so we wanted to put this little breaking news kind of update at the front of the podcast here to keep you guys keep you guys uh updated with how we were what we were talking about last night and just we were recording before the news happened so we're going to try to keep up on it uh during the week on our social media so follow us at happy hour hoops one on twitter tiktok instagram and we're going to try to keep up with the fast pace of the nba offseason as you but uh but last night drew holiday to the bucks for uh, uh what evidently is going to be five first round picks george hill and eric bledsoe so a crazy trade and start, starting to see reports now that it's a move made because they're sure that Giannis is going to sign that Supermax. So it'll be interesting to see what Giannis decides to do. We kind of speculate on uh, what we think Giannis is going to do if he gets moved, if he's get traded where he would get traded to in the podcast too. So keep a listen to that. All options still open for Giannis. And also uh, another trade, the Rockets have started selling, which we'll talk about the Rockets a lot in this podcast, but they started selling last night and traded Robert Covington for two first round picks. So interesting night in the NBA and, uh, Listen to the rest of this uh, this offseason preview podcast and hear what else, uh, what other kind of crazy trades are going to happen in the NBA this week. Thanks, guys. Hello, all, and welcome to the Triple H Podcast. Happy Hour Hoops, your one-stop shop for enjoying a cold beverage and listening to our ice-cold basketball takes. We got you covered on everything NBA all the time. What's up, guys? It's Dunny and Jake back for another Happy Hour Hoops episode. We took a little little hiatus there, about uh, as long as the offseason as the NBA did, but we are right back for this crazy craziness that is happening in the NBA today. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun show, and we're glad to be back. We're so glad to be back. And you know what? We really missed uh, really missed silly off-season, silly season in the NBA. And it literally came back today and started off right away. Um, yep. So don't forget to like this, like this podcast, rate it uh, five stars on iTunes, subscribe to this podcast on Apple and Spotify. Leave us comments, positive comments only, please. <laughs> Trying times out here. We all we don't want any hate around here. Not that I think we've only ever had five stars. Everybody's been very nice to us so far. So shout okay. out to everybody. We appreciate that. Um, follow us on Twitter as we go along with the crazy moves that are going to keep happening uh, this week that we expect to make or that we expect to be made that we're going to get into over this podcast uh, at Happy Hour Hoops One. That is our Twitter at Happy Hour. Happy Hour Hoops One is also our TikTok and our Instagram. So go give us a follow all there. Yeah, and follow. TikTok now. <laughs> and look out. Yeah, look out on there and follow along as uh, 
as we go through the craziness, just as you guys do. So let's just, uh, let's hop right in to the off season talk. And the NBA is trying to get this shit done basically as soon as they can. Uh, trades are allowed to be made starting at noon today. This was announced all yesterday, by the way. So like, I'm sure maybe NBA teams knew before that, but like the, the whirlwind that we're getting all this information, like information is kind of crazy and how much I we're going to get all the trades. Oh yeah. It's, it's I needed nuts. it. Who would have thought right in the middle of football season, we get just a full on slap in the face with NBA off season. Well, that's the nice thing. Like right now, cause we're in November, like we would have at least had like some NBA games on. So at least we're going to get like a whole crazy week of NBA off season to oh, fill us without football uh, during the nights. But uh, so today was the start of the trade moratorium was done. So trades have already been made and we'll get into those trades in a little bit. The draft is Wednesday night where there expects to be made a ton of moves all over the top 10 uh, from various different teams, which we'll also get into there. And then, oh yeah, free agency starts uh, Friday afternoon. Love and it. Just end it all up. So let's right hop, hop right in because a uh, superstar player was traded today, earlier today, right about an hour after the trade moratorium was lifted. The Phoenix Suns traded for Chris Paul from the Oklahoma City Thunder. They got mm-hmm. rid of Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre, Ty Jerome, Jalen Leck. I don't know how to say his name, but I saw videos of him on Twitter, and he can he's like a 44-inch vertical and just he hop can out ball. of the gym. Yeah, and a first-round pick in 2022. So the Suns add Chris Paul to their core of Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, and Booker was apparently pushing the – organization to make this trade and wanted Chris Paul as his running mate and the leader of this team. So Dunny, what was your initial reaction to the Chris Paul trade today? Another Chris, how many Chris Paul, like the Chris Paul trade, we really have to like justify what that means at this point because he's been in so many big trades. Right. And it's funny because when you say the Chris Paul trade, it really brings me back to when Chris Paul was supposed to team up with Kobe years ago. That like when people say the Chris Paul trade, that's like what I think of. But now, I mean, you have so many, and then this one like could be the most pivotal. Who knows? You want to know what's um, funny about the just quick about that trade is that trade was also when that whole trade he got ended up getting traded to the Clippers and it got nixed to the Lakers. That was yeah. also a season that started late for a much different reason, but also a season right. that started late. And that was happening like around now or in December when he got traded. So Chris Paul is also the Good weird time. season trading. Yeah. That's that's just Good point, dude. That's really strange. <laughs> anyway, sh- yeah, so Chris Paul is just <laughs> just a wizard with being involved in trades apparently. But apparently. I mean I love it for the Suns. And I love it for the Thunder too. I mean I think both teams win here. Um, Thunder clearly kind of rebuilding, but also still kind of have like very good assets. I mean, they acquire Ricky Rubio and Kelly Oubre. So like, that's, that's a win. They get another first round pick, which they have about 200 of in the next six years. Um, but yeah. And then the, the scorching hot Phoenix suns, um, at the, in that bubble run there, they went eight and oh, they have a prolific scorer in Devin Booker. They have a you know a big man with untapped potential in DeAndre Ayton, and now they have just a legit leader who still clearly has a lot left in the tank, um, as he showed us with his last season with um, the Oklahoma City Thunder. So I think this is a great trade for the Phoenix Suns. But my question to you with this trade would be: Do you think that these Suns gave up too much for? a older Chris Paul 
who probably has not too many seasons left, but, you know, enough for them to make a run now if that's what they think they're capable of doing. But do you think the Suns gave up a little too much with, you know, a first-round pick? And, I mean, Kelly Oubre Jr. is a, a great young talent in this league. Yeah, so that, that it's really interesting to me that that, uh, that first-round pick is 2022 because Chris, that's Chris Paul's next season when he's going to be 37 going into the year. And yeah. so I think Chris Paul, I think for this year, it's a great move for, and definitely worth it for the, uh, for the Suns. You know what I mean? Like they, they, first of all, they needed to keep their superstar happy. They needed to keep book happy because it's been yeah. a lot of, there's been a lot of talk about how Devin Booker is going to leave Phoenix once he's done with that deal. Like he got paid obviously, but all the guys take the first deal to get paid. Like there's been a lot of rumbling that if it wasn't going to go well, he's going to look elsewhere. They've even talked that him and Kat, like that we're going to go play together somewhere someday. So that was the Suns knew that they were like kind of on the clock with book. And this is the biggest move that they could make to try to, you know, build a contender in the West. Uh, Chris Paul is still was like playing at an MVP level last year. We can't undersell how good Chris Paul was for the Thunder last year. They were a five seed out of for no reason. Like no one thought they were going to win over like 36, 37 games last year. And they really overperformed. It's because of his leadership. He brought Shea Gilgis around and, you know, really helped him out and helped him turn into a young star in this league. And I'm sure that the Suns think that uh, he can do the same exact thing for Booker and Aiton and bring a winning pedigree into that locker room and show them, you know, what a real NBA superstar is supposed to look like and how they're supposed to carry themselves. So I think for this year, it definitely benefits them. Um, the question for me is, does it, does it put them in like the top, four in the west even like does it put them with the lakers clippers nuggets the jazz the mavericks we know are going to be pretty good we know who knows what the rockets are going to look like um but yeah. the blazers like does it I, I would assume they're a playoff team next year because they were so close this year but does it put them in that upper echelon of teams yeah i mean just before we hopped on here i was i was scrolling nba twitter obviously and um I was seeing that this this trade like automatically puts the Suns top five, at least in the West. They're saying the combination between Paul Booker and then you know the cha- a few changes in the coaching staff as well. I just and DeAndre Ayton. I mean, we didn't even get to see all of Ayton this year. You know, missing games for various reasons. But yeah, I think I think there's no reason why they shouldn't you know be a playoff team as you mentioned and. They could be in the upper upper half of those playoff teams just from just from talent alone. I mean, Aiton's only going to go up from here. Booker is a proven one of the best scorers in the league, and Chris Paul. I mean, it, it, he doesn't get better as a lead, as a leader, and you know, a guy who's just dishing the rock constantly. So, I mean, yeah, the the Suns for sure should see themselves as a playoff team and. You know they'll probably make some noise in the West. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I think they're going to be. I think they're going to. They're going to be a blast next year. Honestly, I mean they were fun this year with Ricky Rubio running the point. So just yeah. replace if you can in your mind replace Ricky Rubio with Chris Paul. Like just imagine the possibilities. And I really like what you said, especially about Aiton. Especially like they're only getting better. Like those, they're not going to get worse. It's not like Aiton's no. going to come in next year and be out of shape and worse. He's going to be more motivated even now, knowing that he has. A point guard that's going to dish him the ball, like the lobs for Aiton. Are just I was going to say all like, day and every day. Like Aiton's probably going to be watching 
you know, Chris Paul clips from his New Orleans days, from his uh, Los Angeles City, Clippers yeah. days. Yeah. He's ready for Lob City 2.0, man. I mean, you saw the way Chris Paul was setting up Steven Adams last year. Aiden, not as good as a player as Steven Adams yet, but far more athletic than, mm-hmm. you know, Adams is. So the lobs are definitely due for Aiden. So, yeah, I, I, I love the move for for Phoenix and uh there there supposedly is another another move that OKC is looking to make. I don't think this one is confirmed yet, but Schroeder moving to moving out of uh is is Schroeder moving out of OKC to LA? Yeah. So the another report the other reported trade um from the Oklahoma City Thunder this week. This actually came out Sunday, I think, uh during football was when I saw it. Danny Green and the 28th pick from the Los Angeles Lakers are going to be moved to Oklahoma City. So the, there's another one of your first-round picks for the another Thunder that we were talking pick. about. For Dennis Schroeder, uh, and I I don't know about you, but I think this is like probably one of the – I mean, he traded for Anthony Davis. That's always going to be the best move that Rob Polink ever made. But yeah. God damn, like this, is a, like this is a really sneaky, like amazing move for the Lakers. Underrated move for sure. Yeah. A lot just, of a lot of like half halfway basketball fans, I feel like, don't appreciate how good Dennis Schroeder is. But the the you know the diehard NBA fans who are watching you know most games and then watch games outside of their home team games understand that Dennis Schroeder is a legit baller, and I think he's going to be a great fit for the Lakers. Yeah, Schroeder is that lineup. One of the lineups that they had when Schroeder. Chris Paul and SGA were on the floor together this year on the Thunder was like the bet, the highest offensive rating in the league when yeah. those guards were together. But I, I don't remember what the lineup was, Adams and probably somebody else. But when those three were together, they were deadly. And not saying that that's going to be the same. They're not going to have a three-guard setup like that in L.A., but that's the kind of scoring pop that he can bring to a lineup, especially – and I don't know if he'll be coming off the bench or starting. I'm sure it's going to depend on what happens with uh, – Rondo and we know Rondo has been getting looked at by a couple other teams right now too but this this move for the Lakers it's another guy that can create instead of LeBron it's a shooter he can catch he's 41% from three so that they got another shooter that they needed and really like we we were talking shit about Danny Green like the whole playoffs like how he was washed and everything and they were gonna have to pay him a lot of money next year still to only probably get worse and it was not like he's he's one of those guys. He's not getting better. He's not on an upward trajectory in his career. Schroeder is still young, and they can match this. I I don't know exactly what the salaries are, but I think they match up pretty evenly per year. And that's that was the key for the Lakers in making any move is that they are so up against the tax up against the tax and the cap, especially with the deal that they're about to give Anthony Davis. Because Anthony Davis is about to get all the fucking money from the Lakers. Yeah, because he opted he opted out of his player option. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned – I like that you mentioned Rondo in this Schroeder trade because the way I see it is, one, before – you know, I think before Schroeder was even on the Thunder and before – obviously before this trade was even in talks, I've compared Schroeder to Rondo like years ago because I think their games are very similar. I think Schroeder is a lesser passer and a lesser defender than Rondo but on the offensive end, I think his shooting has a bit more touch. And he's just, he seems to be more of a dynamic scorer than Rondo is. But 
So if you get rid of if Rondo walks, say, because he's a free agent and there's a lot of talks of him going back to Boston, which I would love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's a lot of talks of Rondo possibly leaving the Lakers. You get Schroeder, that's a great replacement. He's basically a younger Rondo with, like I said, lesser passing, lesser defense, but a better offensive touch. And if he keep if they keep Rondo around, I mean what better mentor to have with such a similar point guard than Rajon Rondo to Dennis Schroeder. So I think, I mean, whether the Lakers get rid of Rondo or he stays, I think, I mean, I just think this is a perfect fit for the, for the Lakers. Yeah. It's a great, great move by Rob Palenka. And we saw the rumors. I think you probably, you saw them too. I think we talked about them because there were rumors over the weekend about DeMar DeRozan going to the Lakers. And it was a similar trade. It was Kuzma, the first round pick and Danny Green. I truly believe that that was coming from the Lakers putting that out because yeah. there's, that's not nearly enough for DeMar DeRozan. To me, that was highway robbery. Yeah, and then DeRozan came out. He's like, that's amazing. Like, I'm honored to be it. Like, yeah. DeRozan was trying to get moved to the Lakers, and I respect the hustle. I really do. And that would have been disgusting if that those two. Yeah, I just – as an NBA <laughs> fan, as an NBA fan who's not a Lakers – well, and not that I don't like the Lakers – but who's a Celtics fan? Yeah. I would hate to see that. Yeah, that would have well. It'd be too want, good. As a Celtics fan, so we both agree we love that. We love the Dennis Schroeder trade for the Lakers here. Yes. And Rondo, the thing I think they're quickly, the thing I think they're gonna miss about Rondo if the Lakers don't aren't able to retain him, whether he goes to Boston or the Clippers or wherever else he's deciding between, uh, they're just gonna like I know that they all just won the title last year, but just I remember listening to the podcast with Jared Dudley and he was like, Rondo was the only dude that could like check LeBron, like AD, AD obviously, but Rondo, like Rondo doesn't give, Rondo's never given a fuck. He will, he will get in anybody's face and tell them when they're wrong. That's the reason he didn't. Yeah. It's the reason he didn't work out in Dallas. Cause Carlisle just bought it as because Rondo probably knew more about the game than (laughs) Carlisle. Honestly. And so that's what I think the Lakers will miss that edge and that little bit of leadership in the locker room, but they're replacing it with a guy who's, Probably who's younger and better offensively, and I think fits more what they want to do with yeah. Anthony Davis and uh, and LeBron. But as I was saying, talking about another possible trade that uh, or move that would upset you as a Celtics fan, let's talk about the rumors about one James Harden that came out over the weekend. As we know, there's been some instability in Houston right now. Uh, Daryl Morey decided to leave a couple weeks ago. And then, so we were like, oh, maybe Daryl's like taking a break from basketball, whatever, all this stuff. Like there were all these theories thrown out about what Daryl's going to do next. Nope. He just signed right with the Sixers for five years and is running the Sixers now. Evidently, the Sixers and the Brooklyn Nets, who let's not forget, we haven't seen Kevin Durant play for them, but James Harden, Kevin Durant. And barely Kyrie Irving. And barely Kyrie Irving. But James Harden and Kevin Durant played together in Oklahoma City. And Daryl Morey, obviously, ran the Rockets, traded for James Harden. These are the two teams that evidently, from Shams today at around 2.30, reported James Harden wants to go to get traded to a contender. And where does he want to get traded to? Philadelphia or Brooklyn? So, Dunny, I'm just asking you, how, does, how did seeing those two teams pop up on that tweet make you feel as a Celtics fan and also an NBA fan? As a Celtics fan, <laughs> hate to to quote the Grinch, hate, 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 double hate, loathe entirely. <laughs> I hate if James Harden goes to the Brooklyn Nets. At, both as a Celtics fan and a basketball fan, because I mean, it just like 
Kyrie and KD can do it by themselves. It's kind of like KD going to the Warriors a few years back. It's like they were already winning championships, and then you add possibly the best player in the world. Second best, if you want to give it to LeBron. Best scorer in the world. And Kevin Durant. And now it's a similar situation. Harden goes to to Brooklyn. I don't like it. Obviously, Harden likes it. Obviously, everyone in Brooklyn likes it. It'd be, it'd be <laughs> insane. I think, yeah, they, they'd probably have their way with the Celtics as, as well as everyone else in the East. He goes to Philadelphia, and I'm not as concerned as a Celtics fan because Philly has to give up either Embiid or Simmons to make that happen. And if you just have Harden and Embiid, in my head – Celtics have had their way with Embiid the last, whatever, three years. And then you just add another another player similar to Embiid in my mind, where Harden and Embiid are kind of, you know, think for themselves and then team second. And that's kind of the same reason Westbrook and Harden didn't work out in my mind. Mm-hmm. So I'm not as worried if Harden goes to Philly. I think everyone should be worried, though, if Harden goes to Brooklyn. Because obviously, if Harden goes to Brooklyn, they're not giving up KD or Kyrie for him. It'd be a combination of Dimwitty, Lavert, Allen, or Picks. Mm-hmm. So scary if he goes to Brooklyn. Not that worried if he goes to Philly. Either move would be absolutely bonkers, though, for the NBA. So that's a, so the way that's the way I've looked at it. Like this, if the the move for the Rockets, if it's between these two teams and they're sitting here, and mind you, there's also there's reports still that the Rockets they want to keep Westbrook and Harden. We'll get to Westbrook soon too. And Westbrook and Harden, they want to keep both of them, right? None, neither of these dudes want to be there. They're trying yeah, to force their way out because the the report was that Brooklyn and the Houston haven't even the front offices haven't even spoken to each other about this. It was just this players. Is, this is Harden texting KD and being like, "Yo, you guys got guys to make a move for a superstar." I want in basically that's basically yeah. that's essentially what's like we will never know exactly how it's working out that's what's happening like there that it's this is a move being facilitated by player movement and superstars making moves and like you said who is the one that knows how to do this he's the one who learned it's Kevin Durant like he's been here he's done this already I'm, obviously he wasn't traded for but it was the same reason that he ended up in Golden State is the same reason he's still here trying to recruit James Harden it's the same exact type yeah. of thing and the the talent on that do you think like i know we always hear this when super teams get together it's like is there enough ball to go around for these guys but Kyrie and Durant, or Kyrie and Harden are two of the most ball dominant point yep. guards i've ever seen in my life and i believe that James Harden can play off the ball and Kyrie when they want to like i saw Kyrie do it with Bron cuz he knew that Bron was going to get buckets and so these three guys i think would respect each other on that level of like superstars or whatever higher mind that Kyrie Irving thinks he is. And these guys would be able to like vibe with him or whatever. But like, so that's where it kind of gives me hope. But I also feel like that could just go completely haywire in like two weeks with Kyrie and Harden. Yeah. Ex- yes, exactly. Yes. Exactly. Not KD. What you KD just I'm fine with yes. it's Kyrie and Harden. <laughs> See, that's, that's why I already think that KD and Kyrie is going to work. I think it's because KD one is the better player, and two, I mean, he's obviously the leader on that team right now. Like Kyrie, yeah, point guard, whatever. He's probably going to have the ball in his hands more. doesn't matter. KD is one of the best players in the world. Kyrie's not. I think KD and Kyrie could work solely because KD is probably going to have his head on the right track and want another championship. 
I think Kyrie and Harden does not work at all. I think they're both too egotistical. Like they just, they're both just like way too high on themselves. I just don't see it working. And like you mentioned, they're so ball dominant, both of them. Like who brings the ball up the court? I feel like even something as small as that would be an issue between those two. Yeah. I just, I see it going. I see Kyrie not handling it well event at some point during the season more than anything else. Well, but mm-hmm. the thing is hard. It's not like it was ever rosy in Houston. Like we heard about rock Harden and Westbrook going at it. We know Harden and Chris Paul went at it. And I just, that would be the ultimate chemistry thing for Kevin Durant to try to balance those two. I think together. And does Steve Nash want this? <laughs> I don't know if Steve Nash knows what he got himself into with the Kyrie yeah. Irving basketball team. I really don't know what, I really don't know. And that's the thing is it's it not, you're also in New York city. Like you're not hiding, you're, you're not hiding anywhere. You're in the biggest media market in the world and you're not the Knicks. So they want you to, they want to tear this team down. Like New York fans are Knicks fans. They're going to be coming after the nets for any little thing that goes wrong in that city for them. It's just, it would just be an interesting, uh, it would be a really interesting like human experiment to see this happen. Is Harden also Kyrie insurance for Kevin Durant? This is a thought that, popped up on the Bill Simmons podcast earlier. And I don't think that the thinking of this trade even happening is beyond bonkers still like trying to grasp my head around that. But if there's some scenario where it came down to that, don't you think that Kyrie would be the third man out? And why would he want to put himself in that position with these two? No, I mean, you saw Kyrie went to Boston because he thought he could be the man guy and win a chip. Mm Mm-hmm. Kyrie, I assume, still has that, but like kind of realized that he's the second guy because it works with LeBron and KD is basically the closest thing to LeBron in the league that we have. So I think he thinks he can do it again with KD. So I think you're right. I don't know how high Kyrie is on Harden coming to Brooklyn. And it's all so hypothetical right now. I really think, one, the best way of it working out in a trade, and two, just the best fit. I think Philly makes more sense. Um, but, I mean, you know, only time will tell. Like, we'll see. It, it could easily end up Houston having James Harden back for another year and Westbrook being the one that goes. Yeah, I think that's the most much. I, I think the Rockets are only going to trade Harden if they really believe that they should. I don't think that I don't think the Nets and Harden trade makes sense. I mean, I could see why the Nets would want to do it. Just be like, fuck it. Like, let's get everybody and see yeah. what happens. But it, it, it's not going to be a great deal from the Rockets that they're going to get or from the, the Rockets are going to get from the Nets. Like they're going to get yeah. good players, but it's not worthy of James Harden players. That's right. what it, the deal with Philly. If you're getting Ben Simmons, that's a guy that you could build. That's a guy that probably needs to be on his own team and be built around to be as good as he can be. And as you were saying about, I have the same worries about a Embiid Harden combination as you have with the way that their yeah. mindsets are and them getting on each other. But if they were right, if they got themselves right, that's a terrifying. Oh, it's scary. That's terrifying. Yeah. And so I think for Philly and Houston and Harden in general, I think that's the best. I I I like that scenario in my head the most. Seeing Harden with Embiid and giving Simmons his own team in Houston. But I'm also really interested to see if you put that collection of like. If they, because if they figured out that basketball in Brooklyn, if those three were together, it would be fucking amazing to watch. Like it would yeah. be absolutely incredible. Yeah. So I mean, just just the Harden scenario alone is going to make these next couple of days absolutely crazy. Oh yeah, we're on. Everybody's on tilt now because that's how you started off the week. Is like James Harden getting traded. That's 
Like now we're, we're expecting fireworks. Everybody wants yeah. blood at this point. People, people's thumbs are going to get blisters from checking, just refreshing their Twitter feed for, <laughs> for NBA Twitter to see what the next move is. But I mean that we can, I feel like we can move comfortably along now to Westbrook. Like what, what is, what is Russell Westbrook's deal on all of this? We saw heavily that he was trying to get out of Houston and, you know, Steve and I was saying this makes sense. Harden and Westbrook can't play together. And then it was like, you know, Knicks seem to be a good spot for Westbrook, but who, and then all of a sudden we're hearing that, you know, Westbrook trades are dying down and organizations maybe actually aren't as interested in Westbrook as everyone thought. Yeah, so I'm under the impression from all the stories that I've read um, and trying to just think about what it actually all means. I don't think anybody wants Russell Westbrook. I think that they're, I think that Houston is really trying to trade Russell Westbrook, but it's just not there. And he gets paid $47 million in two years. $47 million, bro. And he can't, like, the thing is, he's only going to get less athletic, and his game has not aged well. He still can't shoot threes. He still takes stupid shots. I mean, he can still rebound and everything, but it's like, what, like that value at that price? We knew it was a bet. We knew this was going to haunt Houston right when they did it. We knew it would that one of somebody was going to get stuck with this horrible contract and it was going to only end badly. Um, mm. I still think Russ is going to be good. I still, and I think if he, I think he's most effective though when he's running his own team and that a Russell Westbrook team has a limit. So Houston, if they, like you said earlier, they want to get rid, keep Harden and get rid of Westbrook, ideally, and then find a way to do get something worth trading Westbrook. But Houston can't end up getting rid of Harden and then just keeping Westbrook because then you're really in no man's land. Yeah, because what, what, what happens if you know Harden goes to Philly in exchange for Simmons and then you're left with Simmons and Westbrook? What does that do for your team? <laughs> does absolutely no one wants to shoot threes. No yeah. one is going to shoot. You went gonna... from you went from shooting threes like your life depends on it to not being able to shoot threes. Ah, uh, I don't. I that's why I don't know what the Westbrook thing. I saw the story earlier about Michael Jordan was would be considering bringing him in to Charlotte, and Westbrook is a Jordan guy. So if Jordan just wants to sell tickets in Charlotte for the next yeah. couple of years, maybe that's hey. that's the move. The Knicks is one of the teams that we've heard about, but I think the Knicks are going to stay away from that because they just want to build. Like the Knicks have been doing smart things. Actually, it's been weird, and like, they're just like maybe the Knicks are going to hold off on the superstar this one time and just be yeah. like, you know what? Let's get some young guys in here. It's kind of crazy, but it doesn't seem like they really want to touch. They weren't in on Chris Paul at all. It turned out, and it doesn't look like they want to go near Russell Westbrook either. I feel like smart move for the organization, absolutely, to you know stay away from Westbrook, maybe. But I also feel like the Knicks fans would eat that up if oh yeah, <laughs> if they somehow got Westbrook. I mean, they would have to give up a, a you know a pretty package for Russell Westbrook to Houston, but I, I think they would love it at the end of the day. But I mean, best fit for Westbrook? No. Best fit for the Knicks organization? No. Because, like I said, you'd have to give up a lot, and then where does that leave you? Yeah. Another losing, another losing season. I think that the problem is just the forty-seven million in a couple of years. Like, as good as what Russell Westbrook is, even if he's still a great player, he's not. No matter what he does, he won't be worth forty-seven million dollars. And that's no. especially right now with teams scrounging for money just for this offseason. No one wants to think about paying that dude in a couple of years. So it's just gonna. It's. I, I don't see it happening. I think the Hornets are the favorite. I like that. I like that Jordan connection. 
for Michael getting somebody in there and trying to get fans in the stands because they could do something like Rogier, who has two more years left in some other contract to get Russ in there and just eat it for two years and probably just be bad and just you get fans in the stands to watch Russ and you're not good. And then that's it. Like, I, don't yeah. really, I don't really know what else, where else you go. And I just, I can't think of any other team that would want him either. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, like I said, uh, you know, things were popping off at first when Westbrook first said he wanted out of Houston and then Shams and Woj were both reporting that, you know, the Westbrook talks were very low and not that, not that many people were actually interested as it, as it turns out. Yeah. The one, the funniest Shams tweet uh, or trade that I saw, I don't think it was Shams. It was somebody else, but was the Russell Westbrook for Paul George trade. <laughs> oh, man. And I, I, we got that sent in the group chat somewhere. And I said that, and we were like, that trade makes them both worse. Both teams, yeah. Harden and Paul George would be just absolutely oh, terrible. Be and Kawhi and Russ would be That'd absolutely be like terrible. a Harden and Paul George has the ability <laughs> to shoot. Like that'd be like a team shooting a team shooting percentage, like a real possibility, could be like twenty-two percent <laughs> if Paul George and Harden were on the same team for a full, like a full season, let alone just one game. Like that, that could happen. Could you imagine the bricks, the bricks in like a game six against the Lakers from those oh two? God. Oh my god! So that was that's the trade I really just want to happen, just for the humor of it. But like I said, like I don't know what this dude's gonna be. I don't know what he's gonna offer. We can jump into that real quick. You you're expecting Gordon Hayward to probably get moved here in the next couple of days, or no? I would because I would assume the next couple of days he's going to more likely be traded or decline his option than anything else. From the talks I've heard, yes, I think he's going to be moved. But as a a loyal Celtics fan, I wouldn't be upset if they didn't move him mm-hmm. because I mean I think Gordon gets a lot of hate one from you know, outsiders, but also from, you know, inside, inside a Celtics family. I think a lot of Celtics fans are out on Hayward and I understandably so. I mean, he's obviously hasn't lived up to his contract or his potential, but I mean, it's just the injuries and it's a horrible thing for him. It's obviously not his fault. It's not anyone else's fault either, but I mean, yeah, I'm at this point I, I am kind of expecting for Hayward to be on the move. I just hope, I just hope it's for the right price. So would you do it for Miles Turner? <laughs> See, this is this is the latest trade that I saw for Miles Turner and I didn't like it. Uh, you know, if there's a deal with some more assets, I kind of like it. I mean, Miles Turner would be I think a great fit for the Celtics. I think some of the people who want him in Boston are overrating him just a touch. Um but I think it was something like Miles Turner and Doug McDermott for Hayward, the 14th and the 26th. Mm-hmm. And I think, in my opinion, I think that's I think that's giving up a fat bag for basically just Miles Turner. Yeah. I mean, Doug McDermott maybe see five to seven minutes a game. In my opinion, if if I'm looking forward to next year, maybe maybe that gets up to 12 minutes, depending on who else leaves or comes uh, for the Celtics. But I mean that that's a lot to give up for Miles Turner. Yeah, you have, he, you're assuming that he solves all your he solves all your big issues and is right, the rebounder yeah. you need and everything. And I'm not <laughs> sure he does. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a step a very big step up as an offensive player from guys like Tice. 
Williams. I think defensively, he's kind of like Tice, though, where he kind of gets yeah. bodied by like big, big, big yeah, guys. He like, does. Yeah. He's taller than Tice, but he doesn't play as physical as Tice does, mm-hmm. rebounding or defensively. I mean, I think I think people are a little too high on Miles Turner. Do would I like to see him on the Celtics? Yes, that specific deal, I'm not crazy about. Uh, yeah, I'm wondering. That's and what talking about we'll talk about more in depth on the draft in a couple minutes here but that's one of the, the Celtics are one of the most interesting teams because no one ha- they have got three picks in the first round they clearly want to either move up in the draft to get somebody or move those picks to get a player and we just have no idea like we hear and always with the Celtics we always hear rumors about what they're yeah, going to do with all their picks. really never have a clue <laughs> what Ainge is up to yeah he's always throwing out everything so I really have no idea what direction they're saying I wouldn't I'm with you in the camp that I wouldn't I wouldn't be trying to bend over backwards to bring Miles Turner in. Like if there's a deal, if you can do a deal, that's great. But if you can get a guy like Drew Holiday on that roster or just use that space that you're going to get from Gordon to go sign somebody like Serge Ibaka or something like that, Dude, that makes way I more would sense. much rather have Serge Ibaka than Miles Turner every day of the week. Oh yeah. And that is, that is an honest statement. Like I've, I've wanted Serge before he went to Toronto. I mean, I, I've wanted Serge on, this, on the Boston Celtics for a while. I think that'd be a great fit. Yeah, I think so too. I think Serge, I, the thing about Serge is like, he's the player that you say like any contender and they're like, I would love to have Serge. But like every, yeah. like, uh, if you were, if you were a Brooklyn Nets fan, LA Lakers fan, LA Clippers fan, you would be reacting the same way. Cause that's just Serge, right. like, he's that good and he's going to be that coveted right now. But like shot blocker, like, mid range shot, three point shot. Like that's, yeah. That's the kind of move the Celtics need to make is like a move to like solidify their rotation. Like Hayward, if they lose Hayward or not, that's not going to affect their like long-term viability for this team. They need, they need pieces around the stars. And they're also, I would love to, but if you can get Drew Holiday and get Kemba involved in that deal, I think getting out of Kemba after one year, it would be kind of shitty for Danny to do because everybody loves Kemba and you know, he's a great guy by all accounts, great teammate, everything. And I think that would like, it would sting a little bit, but it's having Drew and Marcus Smart as your backcourt, like no one score. That's, that's the lockdown you would need oh against, against the guards in this, especially if you're if James Harden gets traded to the Nets, you better fucking go get yeah. Drew Holiday because you're going to need to guard those guys. Not to mention the defensive leap that Jalen Brown has made mm-hmm. over the last two years. I mean, between those three, that, that'd be, that'd be scary lockdown defense. Yeah, it would. So we'll see what happens with Drew Holiday in the coming days. Uh, a couple other guys' names that we've heard a little bit about, bigger stars, but we haven't really heard a lot of traction. But I wouldn't be surprised to see. Not I would be surprised, but not out of the realm of possibility. We've talked about Bradley Beal a bunch. Um, I think his he fits the same way with the Nuggets, the same kind of deal that they're trying to make. Um, but I think the reason the Nuggets are going so hard after Drew Holiday is because they know that they're not getting Beal. I I just don't think I don't think the Wizards are going to get rid of him. I, they don't have anything. There's no one, no reason to go watch the Wizards if they don't have Bradley Beal. Yeah. I mean, John Wall is going to be back and healthy next year, but mm-hmm. John Wall is another year older, and without Bradley Beal, who knows? Yeah. We're looking like a poor man's Russell Westbrook playing by himself, and oh, we, already, we already talked about that Westbrook wasn't going to be much by himself. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's the thing. They can lie to themselves and say they've got the year left with Wall to see like what they look like because they haven't yeah. been together in a while. I mean, unless you bring in like a, I mean, I don't know. I honestly, <laughs> it would have to be like a that somehow they pull off like some crazy 
like superstar big man to pair along with John Wall, but I mean, where are they going to get that for yeah. Bradley Beal? I still kind of have belief. I'm, this was like my long shot take on a couple of uh, one of our podcasts a couple of weeks ago that I think Beal's going to end up sh- in Chicago somehow. Yeah. And playing with his college coach, Billy Donovan. Um, the, Chicago also said just a couple hours ago that they weren't planning on re-signing Chris Dunn. Mm-hmm. So maybe freeing up a little guard space for their friend Bradley Beal. But uh, no, I don't know with Beal. I think, I think he would be a great move for someone else to acquire. But like you said, I don't know how willing Washington is to trade him. Yeah, I think Washington just needs to get blown away. I really still do like the, the Chicago thing because Chicago has been like – there's been rumblings about them in the draft too, like moving around, like either trading yeah. back or trading that pick. Like maybe that's what they're anchoring towards. And that's I mean, the way for to them, get it would be excited. great. I just don't know what they could give Washington. Cause it like would Levy, it would be like the thing is you'd have to keep Mark one of Markinen or Carter to make it worth it for yourself. Like you'd want yeah, to pair so Beal like, with one of those guys. So Levine and Markinen. Markinen and Levine, yeah. And the first and like two firsts and so, another body somewhere. So then Maybe. it'd be like a Kobe White, Bradley Beal, Otto Porter. They might have to trade Kobe White too, actually. Yeah. So So like Bradley Beal, Otto Porter, and Wendell Carter Jr. And then whatever else. And <laughs> is am I am I thinking this correct? Is Jabari Parker on the Bulls? I think so, yeah. I mean that he's not really a a, a name anymore, but yeah. He's still coming. And then get Derrick Rose back. And then yeah. that's your starting lineup. That'd be, see, yeah. like, that, that team is maybe like a six seed, but at least they're better than what the Bulls are now. Mm-hmm. I like it. Let's, we'll, let's, let's try to send that out into the universe. Yeah, I'm, I'm running with Bradley Beal of the Bulls. <laughs> what is your percentage of, uh, uh, from one to 100 that you think Giannis is going to get traded this week? 30. Or not even this week. Not even this week. Just over the next month. 37? Yeah, that's still 37. 37? <laughs> just a I, complete random number, but I just – I don't – I mean, th- that just means that Milwaukee has to agree to something. So someone is going to have to send Milwaukee something, in yeah. my opinion, that's on – like that they just would have to accept. An, an offer they can't refuse. And I yeah. don't know that anyone's going to send that to Milwaukee. So the – the date, the one other key date that they gave us, we get with this week is December twenty first is when he has to sign the supermax buy. Is when Giannis has to sign the supermax buy. So if he doesn't, if December twenty second he's not signed, then that's three days before the season. The clock is ticking on Giannis winning a title and staying in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that the Miami Heat would send whatever basically the Bucks asked of them, not named Bam Adebayo right now to get that trade done and i'm sure that the warriors would do the same thing with people not named Stephen clay so i'm just i'm just wondering if you start feeling pressure if you're milwaukee you're paying into the tax you're in a pandemic and this dude's about to leave in a year if they don't feel pressure to just be like you know what we're not going to let this guy go for nothing and try to get something I, i don't know i just feel like it's a weird year but maybe they're just going to run it back and then he's going to leave them in a year and then Milwaukee's going to be yeah. nothing. Because I don't think he's staying there. I really don't. So I'm always, I'm always in the camp. If you have a superstar, you know you're leaving, then get rid of him and just rip the Band-Aid off. Like yes. I thought the Cavs might Stephen do that. Smith, Stephen A. Smith had similar opinions about Giannis. He was like, he's leaving anyway. Trade him for everything that you can get right now. But my question to you is you brought up Miami. 
do you think the Miami Heat would trade Jimmy Butler for Giannis? No, I don't. I think like Jimmy, they would want to put him with Jimmy and Bam. Yeah, and then be that. That's it. Like we're just gonna so roll with like that. Some see combination happens. of like but, Harrow, <laughs> that's and a bunch of other dudes and Harris. picks. It'd be like hair. I don't. That's what I mean. I don't even know. Harrow, They've got a bunch of picks. Harrow. Yeah, it's nothing. Nothing's good. Nothing that they can trade. Like even if they get from uh if, it, if the Warriors say it's the Warriors and the Warriors trade them the number two Draymond, Draymond. Wiggins and then Pascal, like that and like every other first round pick they can possibly think of, it's still like not an overwhelming then you're stuck with Andrew Wiggins and Draymond Green and nobody else on your team like yeah that's that's tough yeah I mean this this is just some side news about the Milwaukee Bucks is Robin Lopez isn't returning Mm. (laughs) that's uh they're losing the Lopez brothers is Brooklyn leave too that's that's bad vibes on the for the team though yeah (laughs) it's not great Brooklyn so no more mascot fighting because you are you lost Brooke Lopez so at least you're keeping Giannis Milwaukee (laughs) But yeah, we'll we'll see there. But I, I like talking about the uh, Golden State Warriors. This is a, a good transition to draft night here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NBA draft is happening Wednesday night, and boy, we talk about trades and we talk about you know good teams with good picks here this year. And I think Wednesday night is going to be crazy for both you know teams getting better and just trades in general in in the NBA. So, uh, you, you know, starting off with the Minnesota Timberwolves, what do you see them doing with that number one pick? <laughs> I think that I don't even think the Timberwolves know what they're doing with the number one pick yet. I really don't. I think that it's it seems like it's been so fluid the last like I don't know, like even even just the last forty eight hours, like draft news has been fluid. We've heard. A lot. The guy that I like the most, I don't know what, what, who your favorite prospect is coming out. We haven't talked a bunch of draft because draft is like NBA draft, especially years like this. Like it's so hard to know which one of these guys, like even the people so, that are like all the dudes that are throwing out mock drafts, they're all going to be wrong. <laughs> like I'm where like who's good and who's not. It's just like, yeah. and I, you notice that if these years, like this reminds me of the year that Anthony Bennett got picked number one oh my God. <laughs> and nobody knew who was going to, because that, I feel like LaMelo Ball is going to be Anthony Bennett. Like he's gonna be like all the hype and then nothing. Don't let don't let Lamar hear you say. <laughs> I know Lamar's not Lamar. We'll bring Lamar on. And You're gonna get kidnapped into the BBB mansion, <laughs> and I'll never hear from you again. I'm gonna have to rip this pod solo. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's come. Lamar's gonna come on. He's gonna like take my place one day. It's gonna be a Zoom yeah. call for me to be Lamar. <laughs> what you fucking saying? <laughs> no, I like all right. The, so. I in that saying, I don't think they're. I think Lamelo is going to drop. I think that's the thing that I've heard from people from reading articles and everything. My impression is he he's going to drop in the draft draft night. I don't think he's going high. So I don't think that, and I don't think he would make any sense with D'Angelo Russell at all. I was going to say I don't think he makes sense for the Timberwolves. I, yeah, like people are saying number one pick Lamelo. It's I'm like not if the T Wolves hold it. If, <laughs> exactly. if they trade it. Exactly. So if the timber, if we're acting on the thing that, that the Timberwolves are drafting, they're not drafting Lamelo. They're not. It's just not going to happen. No. Um, I think Anthony Edwards is the guy if they're going to draft somebody. He's he's the best chance to be a star. I think out of this group, there's a couple other guys that are going to I think can be really good, but I think he's the closest thing to a sure thing. Just to be like worst case scenario, he's Zach Levine again, where he can just get a bunch of points and he's horrible on defense, but he can still put up. 50 points randomly on nights and you can work with that with the talent that they already have in that roster 
I really think they're trading it though. I think they're going to trade it somewhere. Yeah. I think that that'd be a a good option for them. I also, I I agree that Edwards is my, so I have two choices that I think make sense for the T wolves outside of trading. And it'd be Anthony Edwards and Obi Toppin out of Dayton, because I mean, that's just a, an undersized four, but I mean, to play him alongside cat with D'Angelo, I just think that kind of makes sense in a way almost I mean, he's a super explosive power forward, raw athleticism. His shooting isn't all the way there, but, I mean, we've seen so many times with young, talented power forwards that the shooting comes later in their career. Obviously, you'd rather have them come into the league with it, but, I mean, this kid's athleticism and defensive ability is, you know, kind of unmatched in this draft. I've I've seen today, actually, I've seen comparisons to, you know, a lower ceiling Amari Stoudemire for Obi Toppin. And uh, I feel like teams kind of stray away from this now, but, you know, setting up an elite point guard with two good bigs. Because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, we saw, obviously, the L.A. Clippers never made it too far in the playoffs with Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan. But, I mean, that's something similar that this this team could do with D'Angelo Russell, Obi Toppin, and Carl Anthony Towns. So I, I think that's definitely a fit. As you mentioned, Anthony Edwards, I mean, he's just such a talented guard slash forward coming out of the yeah. draft. I mean, Edwards would be huge for any team to draft. But like you said, I mean, who knows? Maybe the T-Wolves shift this pick uh, and trade it and try to win now. So one of, the, uh, one of the trade possibilities that I was reading up about today was the Oklahoma City Thunder who have a million draft picks, as we know, and have apparently very much like LaMelo Ball. That's the only play, And that's the only story I've seen about people liking LaMelo Ball at one. But we know that they have a ton of picks. LiAngelo is in their G League system. Yeah, um, I like that. And it's just it, it would just make it him... I think LaMelo, if, as much as he wouldn't fit with D'Angelo, he would very much fit with Shea Gilgis. Like, they could play off each other well. Um, the other team that I've heard about is Charlotte. Charlotte apparently really likes James Wiseman, and they're afraid that this, the Warriors are taking him at number two and want to get to that number one pick. So if Minnesota really doesn't like anybody, or they like Edwards and know that he, that you know they know that Charlotte wouldn't want them, and they don't think that I don't think that he would fit with the Warriors at all. No, that being his guard so. there they could just go back to three, still get their guy, not unlike the uh, Boston Celtics did a couple years ago with the Marco Fultz deal, still get the guy that they want, and then Charlotte takes Wiseman at one. That'd be interesting. I like that. I also, it is it is odd that you mentioned that Thunder seems to be the only ones interested in LaMelo, but I mean, what, I think that'd just be good for the NBA, dude. Like, mm-hmm. LaMelo Ball, SGA, Kelly Oubre, Steven Adams. Like, Adams is still a great big man. SGA and, and Kelly Oubre are both, like, already proven, but still super young and just, like, crazy talented. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. That just, that just, that just kind of works if you think about it. Like, I, 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 like, I like that. If anyone is interested in LaMelo, I kind of like that as a funder, especially where they just got rid of Chris Paul. 
And it would just be weird. It would be weird if the Thunder like weren't relevant next year. Cause it's like, not that the Thunder are a big market team. They've and they've only been around for 10, a little over 10 years, but they've had, they had Kevin Durant when they first like became the Thunder. Like, and since then the Thunder have been good dude, I mean, every yeah, single think year. Think about the superstars that have walked through there, dude. <laughs> Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Mind you, they're all on the same team at the same time. Mm-hmm. Then you have Serge Ibaka and Steven Adams, who are just super, just great big men in this league. Neither of them really superstars, but super relevant. Mm-hmm. And then Paul George and Victor Oladipo were also there for <laughs> short stints, which is just crazy. And then Chris Paul this year. Yeah. At the end of it, after God, getting rid of Russ. <laughs> like, they've never not had a star on their team. So it's weird to think about them, like, blowing it up and rebuilding but like they clearly know how to find stars yeah it just makes so much sense for them too especially with all the draft picks they have yeah and they're just like if they like a guy they're like they wouldn't even they barely would even have to go dig into their war chest to move up in this kind of draft i feel like like they don't really have a high pick this year because they were so good last year but it's still like get rid of like four picks you still have 13 over five years or something like that first round picks like that's nuts it's like they're they're swimming with assets right now do the thunder are like going through with their first round picks it's like them going through a closet with them having like too many like clothes options <laughs> and they like don't know what to wear they're just like throwing throwing clothes all over their room like looking looking for what number one like first round draft pick to, to send which one out. are we gonna get rid of yeah is it just 2024 in there i can't i only see 23 and like, oh no i can't i can't wear this today like <laughs> dude uh, yeah i mean very good days to come for the thunder and they're still talented right now but something i want to touch on before you know we end this draft talk and maybe before we close the episode because i feel like we've been We've, we've been going for quite some time here, but Golden State, how about how about the Golden State Warriors having a, the second pick in the NBA draft this year? They're not, <laughs> they're not going nowhere, dude. Like they still have Steph, Clay, and Draymond. So I don't. I hope everyone at the top of the Western Conference this year, including the Lakers, I hope they aren't getting too comfortable, dude. Because I mean, Steph, Clay, and Draymond are back. Steve Kerr said it like th- these guys are ready to go. And I mean, I, I, I don't think anyone should expect them to be taking a step back here. Oh no, I think they're going to be like the second best team in the West. I think they're going to be right behind the Lakers this year. Same. How far we've come! I'm wearing this hat right now. As a, I, <laughs> I still have my finals Cavs Warriors hat, and this year they're picking top five in the fucking draft, bro both of Crazy. them like that's nuts like how far you can come from being they were in four four finals in a row against each other and now they're both picking in the top five mind you the Cavs will not be they're not going to be good next year not they're no. not like the Warriors they're not reloading in this draft um but yeah I think the Warriors if the Warriors hold on to that pick they just pick James Wiseman and don't even think about it because then they're a different team with a big like that like that's worst, exactly what I was saying I, I say like why trade it like Wiseman's already a proven huge talent, like seven one two fifty, dude. Mm-hmm. And he's, his, I mean, his talent already just shows. It jumps no. off the sheet. Like 
And the only reason he's not like a sure thing, like a sure number one overall pick right now is because he didn't play last year. <laughs> like, yeah, he, but he I was, mean, he, he literally got black by, I know, that, by the, the, NCAA. the NCAA. Like told him he, they basically used him and Chase Young back-to-back days as examples that they were still going to punish people. And Wiseman couldn't play the rest of the year and was like, or couldn't play and was like, fuck it, I'm just going to work out and for the summer. That's the only reason yeah. he's not like for sure number one pick. But when this guy was coming out, and before he signed with Memphis, everybody was talking about him like he was like the next, like, I don't even know. They were like, we don't even know what this, they literally, I remember reading a thing like, we don't even know what this guy looks like, but we she know that it's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so he's just, even if he's not, even if he doesn't reach his potential, his floor raises how good the Warriors would be just next year so much. And then you only get, how many other opportunities do super, do winning teams get to reload while they're still winning. You know what I mean? Like once Steph and Clay are gone, they could have the next superstar ready in his prime to go right away and just rebuild and keep this thing going. I think that's how you got to look at yeah. this if you're the Warriors. Yeah. I like want to compare this to the Celtics where like the last few years they've been like playoff teams and like still drafting in the first round, which similar to this year, they have three first round picks, but it's just not the same where the Warriors have won championship over the last couple of years and now they have the number two pick like the Celtics have been winning and having lottery picks but they have they they haven't been securing championships and then having lottery picks let alone Mm. the number two pick yeah it's 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 a really like I don't even I've I've really rarely seen it a position of it like in any sport where a team like that has that kind of opportunity to like extend their run and like get like a guy like like I think of it like it's like picking like it's like the Packers picking Aaron Rodgers when they had Brett Favre like that yeah. that's and the kind of dra- drafting Jordan Love when they and Jordan Love players. right now yeah but it's just it's that kind of thinking I think would benefit the Warriors more and they're a smart organization I'm sure that that's what they're looking at this like if it was a better draft, it would be, if it was a draft like last year where they could have had Zion, like imagine if this was last year's draft and they could have Zion or Ja Morant with that pick. (laughs) Or RJ Barrett or or something. If they had RJ Barrett on that team, it's, it's, it's a wrap. Like he's going to be a stud with them. So it hurts the Warriors a little bit that it's not a full laden superstar laden draft, but it's a unique opportunity that I don't think that they're going to, I don't think they're going to waste it. And the rumor that we were going to, bring up here was seeing the rumor has been going around that they were interested in trading for LaMarcus Aldridge, including mm-hmm. that number two. Um, I don't know about you. I'm not the biggest LaMarcus Aldridge fan. And I'll put that. I was in like four years ago <laughs> when he was going to go to LA to LA when the Lakers yeah. couldn't even sign him. Yeah. He was a bucket. I mean, with, especially when he was with uh Dame, like those teams were fun. Yeah, no, I don't, I, I was, I saw it and I was in, in our notes in this doc here and I was, I liked it. And then I thought about it and I was like, why not just draft Wiseman? <laughs> exactly. Like obviously Wiseman doesn't have the shooting touch and maybe they're like, Oh, splash bros. And then we have this big man who can extend his range and also knock down outside shots. But it's like, you kind of already have that in Draymond. I'd like a more physical defensive huge big like james wiseman opposed to aldridge i i i don't think that's a good deal great deal for the spurs acquiring the number two pick bad deal for the warriors in my opinion yeah i i would if i was the warriors just keep the pick 
unless like Bradley Beal comes across your lap for whatever reason, just keep the pick, pick Wiseman. I think he's going to be great with them next year. Their starting lineup is Steph Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and Wiseman. That's that's solid. That's like that's that's yep. great. That's all you can right, ask. Right in that number two spot in the West. <laughs> so before we wrap up here, what do you think your Boston Celtics are going to do with their multiple first round picks? Jeez, man. Um, <laughs> I've seen, you know, all their, all the guys they've, you know, had for workouts and are they going to move up? It really depends. It, it really depends on what they do with Hayward. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. if they move Hayward, you think maybe, I mean, it also depends who they get for Hayward. You move Hayward for Miles Turner, maybe they just sit with their three first round picks and just draft random guards. But Okongu. Um I'm so I know sorry. this dude's been I mean, he's a lot of teams are high on him. This this uh mock draft that I'm looking at has him going number nine to the Wizards. Mm-hmm. But I've seen a lot um of the Celtics trading all three of their first round picks to get this dude. You know, and I'm with it. Um, a big physical dude. He's, I mean, he plays defense. He scores. He rebounds. I mean, that's exactly what the Celtics need. Um, but yeah, I'm, it, it really depends on what they do with the, with Hayward. I think that before Wednesday night or during Wednesday night, the Celtics are for sure going to make some kind of move. Definitely going to be a trade. Um, whether it's with the picks, whether it's is with Hayward or whether it's with Kemba, I think something is going to happen. I know that's not exciting for people <laughs> who are listening to hear, but I honestly don't know. And like I said earlier in the podcast, as long as it's not giving up smart Tatum or Brown and it's for the right price, you know, I'm I'm kinda happy as a Celtics fan. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm assuming they're going to move up and try to grab somebody. Um, it just, it's like we said. It's there's so many moving parts in this draft. Like there's so many different teams that are planning that might be moving, might not be. Like it's, it's so fluid. I don't think any of these teams are going to pick where they said they are right now. I think we're going to see a lot of draft. Yeah, and we we won't know until draft night. So it's damn near impossible to guess. I, I think the Celtics do want to move up and grab somebody like uh, Ungaku is what I saw too. Yeah. I also really would like him on the, the Cavs if the, they snag him at five before you even get a chance to do that. Um, yeah. I would like him for there in the top five. I also liked, I also like Obi Toppin who you were talking about earlier. If he can slide to five on the Cavs, that's kind of what yeah, I'm the mock that for. I'm looking at is uh, has Obi going to the, to the Cavs. Mm-hmm. That just begs the question: Is like, what do they do with Obi and Kevin Love? I think they they've been trying. I mean, they've been trying to trade Kevin Love for like five years now. Yeah, they. Like, I mean, but, they should for both parties, mm-hmm. dude. I mean, K Love wants out of Cleveland. I think he's coming up either this year or next year is the end of his deal, or he can opt out. And I think he's that's coming for him. So, and they've got Larry Nance there too, which is kind of why the Obi Toppin thing. I'm not sure. Like, they need wings, and especially Kevin Porter. Yesterday, uh, got oh arrested on gun charges. And that, uh, if you want to look up that story, you can look up that story. But so I they, saw they, a meme, and it was like, "That's what you call a pure shooting guard." It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> terrible. <laughs> that so that guy is probably not going to be playing basketball. I wouldn't. Maybe he is. Maybe he's still going to be on the roster. I still think they should maybe probably, pick up. Maybe pick up. Maybe pick LA up a wing. 
Yeah, exactly. In the East Cleveland somewhere or something. Yeah. Jesus Christ, Kevin, what are you doing, buddy? It's a <laughs> pandemic, bro. Just go home. Like, yeah, stop <laughs> playing with your guns. <laughs> so let's see here. Yeah, Kalov is, I think he's done after this year. His deal is up. So he'll be gone and that he'll be free and be able to do whatever he wants. They need to find a guy. They need, there's been a lot of positive talk around uh, Darius Garland and the way he's looked this offseason. So I think they're trying to find somebody to pair with him and then figure out what to do with Sexton afterwards. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm not a big college Sexton fan, no. per se. I like his um, energy, but I mean, yeah, hasn't, I don't think hasn't proven much yet. I think he tops out at like a seventh man in the NBA, really. And like, yeah, I like that for That's him. about it. But we'll see. That's, so that's like around the top five. Those are the names where we've been that we've seen the whole time through Edwards, Wiseman, Ogonku, I'm pretty sure is how he, that's as close as I'm going to get. LaMelo Ball. Um, we'll see where these guys all end up. It could be literally any, like, I'm expecting some craziness, honestly. I'm expecting somebody to yeah, surprise somebody. I'm expecting somebody. a lot of moves draft night. So we will see. Um, we will be back with some uh, free agency talk towards the end of this week, early into next week as free agency starts on Friday. Yep, some free uh, agency talk, some post draft night talk. You know, all all the crazy stories in the NBA. We we love to talk about them, as you know from listening to this podcast. So, it should be fun. Yeah, so we'll we'll keep an eye out. Keep an eye out on us on all social media at Happy Hour Hoops One. And uh, yeah, follow along. This week is going to be nuts. We we are expecting uh we're expecting guys to be moved all over the place and. Uh, so keep an eye on us, and we'll kind of try to keep track of it with you guys. And uh, enjoy the draft Wednesday night, a nice November 18th draft for the Oof. NBA. Strange, but uh, we'll – we'll, better. And it's going to be in a virtual draft for the NBA too. Yep. So we'll see how they pull that off. I'm excited to see what these dudes are – what guys are doing at their houses because it was fun. There were some interesting moments during the NFL draft when that was happening. A short NBA offseason, and I wouldn't have it any other way in 2020. Let's yep. go. Let's bring Let's it back. Let's go, fellas. Basketball <laughs> is already back. Uh, if you got sick of listening to us talk about basketball, I'm sorry because it's going to be happening that much more now. The season <laughs> is just about a month away now. Yep. We'll be starting up November, December 22nd, and keep it locked for everything you need to know about the NBA. Until then, guys, thank you. Love it. Happy Hour Hoops. We'll see you next time. Sounds good. Nice, bro.
We'll see you next time. Sounds good. Nice, bro.